Hey everybody, welcome in to another edition of the Inside Nebraska podcast. This is another rapid recap video. Is uh, Greg Smith, senior recruiting analyst at Inside Nebraska, and Steve Marek, Inside Nebraska staff writer. Uh, and I am Zach Carpenter, the publisher of Inside Nebraska. It feels like I feel a little rusty because I haven't done one of these videos yeah. with you guys yeah, you in a while. Yeah, person it. with us. Yeah, yeah. like oh, I did yeah. a solo uh, solo job out in out in Dublin. I said I was on my John McClain. Uh, Mc- Plane flow from Die Hard. That's a, any movie reference I say, Steve just gets it right. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I mean, you're always going over my head with those. But that's all right. That's this, all right. I was gonna say I always say it, and then I, like I said, a, we were soldiers reference yesterday, like a real. Deep that was a good one. one. And Steve like just starts that was a good laughing. One. I'm like, cool. all right, I'm glad. That was I got a good one. I'm, I'm a movie guy. Yes. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we are here at Memorial Stadium. Um, it's Thursday. Scott Frost. Scott Frost wrapped up um, his Thursday lightning round press conference, uh, last media appearance for any Nebraska coach or player before Saturday's game against North Dakota. Uh, we just wanted to sort of take you through and recap the week, um, uh, biggest points and uh, maybe debates if, if nothing else. I mean, we had a, a busy week where uh, we met with Scott Frost on Tuesday, um, Eric Shenand- and then uh, Quentin Newsom, Casey Thompson, and Caleb Tanner on Tuesday, and then Eric Shenander and Mark Whipple on Wednesday. Um, I guess, Steve, I'll start with you. Uh, what was, I guess, just your number one biggest takeaway that you that you're sort of caught your eye throughout the week? Yeah, it was probably Mark Whipple. Uh, we talked to him yesterday, and he said the biggest thing uh, for the offense going forward right now is finish, finish, finish. He said, you know, this obviously coming off a game against Northwestern where they look pretty good for two and a half or three quarters, but then kind of bad for in the in the final 15 minutes um the biggest thing with mark whipple is preaching finish 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 so um obviously he said <laughs> he had kind of a good quote he said this isn't high school football where we're playing 12 minute quarters you know this is big boy power five football we're playing 15 minute quarters that's a 60 minute 60 minute game um so they just need to play all four quarters and obviously you all the fans watched the game it looked it looked good for two and a half three quarters but not for the final 15. Um, so that was the biggest thing that I took away, and I think it's kind of accurate. Um, Nebraska's offense, I think, has a chance to be really good, um, but if they could just do that little extra like Mark Whipple was talking about, I think it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to look really cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much rehashing we need to do from the Northwestern game at yeah. this point. I mean, it's obviously very important still, but it's like we've gone over it and over it. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't uh, talked about it with you guys like on camera right. um, yet and analyzed things, but... It was interesting. Obviously, two and a half quarters, like you said, they looked unstoppable. And it looked mm-hmm. like, um, all right, new dawn of Nebraska. The <laughs> offense looks, offense looks smooth. I mean, yeah, the run game didn't get much going, but it still yeah. overall looked smooth. Casey Thompson looked, uh, looked great for that first. He looked two and in half control, quarter. which was yeah. awesome to see. Yeah, Greg. I mean, uh, with Casey this week, um, I, I know I wanted to talk about him a little bit, but uh, just coming from the, that performance through today, what did you think of of what the Nebraska leader of the of the program. Uh, or I, I thought that he struck an interesting tone because I think that as a new guy in the program, I think that he has a unique perspective as to what he's seen and experienced throughout his time in college football and specifically not having been here at Nebraska for the previous losses, right? I think that that's important because you need multiple guys really on the team. It can't just be him that is not kind of stuck in this, oh, no, here we go again mode. And I think that mm-hmm. Casey is the perfect guy to kind of help at least to push them out of that because it, it would be natural and normal for them to kind of feel that way going forward. That's the, I mean, that's the number one thing that caught my eye this week of just 
watching him again um, take the podium after the game. Yeah. Um, he was accountable, and he and this week he was too. And it's just interesting to hear. I mean, it, you could tell, you get the sense that leadership that he right. is, mm-hmm. that he is that presence in the locker room. I mean, he was that way in front of the um, in front of the media, in front of the podium. Uh, and I mean, that's something that this program desperately needs is some positive, <laughs> positive, positive uh, thinking, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, because I, I know I've written about this before and I was just telling you guys this earlier. It's the attitude. It's like a, oh, no, here we go again attitude right. that's just been plaguing this uh, this program for the last it's year. A dark cloud that yeah. just hangs over. And, yeah. and I mentioned this when I wrote um, in the preseason, a 20 thoughts story, 20 thoughts yeah. on Nebraska was um, like I related it to myself but it was uh, my junior season at basketball we were terrible senior year we get some young talent we uh, we um, switched up personnel we switched up strategy instead of slowing it down grind it out basketball game we would push the tempo and then summer basketball we were playing really really well so we were excited um, for what was about to for the season that was about to come in the first four of the first five games we played really well we lost every single one, <laughs> and then we just completely did a 180 again, back reverted back to that uh, mm-hmm. mentality, and we were terrible again my senior year because mm-hmm. it was just like, oh, no, here we go again. Like, nothing's going to go right. How do you guys think, I mean, what does it take then? I mean, this is a deeper question, but what do you think it takes for them to get out of that mentality? Oh, I think they have to have one of those where, like, so the – I'd hate to bring it up, but the onside kick situation happens, and instead of having Northwestern go down and score, they actually convert that third and ten that they did have them in um, and get Northwestern off the field and then go down and score to take a commanding lead and then go on to win the game. It's going to take something like that for them to be able to kind of stem that tide. I don't think it's something that they can talk about. They just have to be able to go out and have those breaks go their way or create their own breaks or luck and take a game like that. Otherwise, it's going to just continue to snowball on them, in my opinion. I agree. The The time for talking is over. There's been so much uh, talking about, you know, what can be done. And obviously it's just playing better in, in those situations. You know, if the head coach calls an onside kick and doesn't get it, it's on the defense to go put out the fire, uh, just like Eric Shenander said uh, this week, which I thought was a really, really cool line. He um, Shenander took a lot of um, shoulder, a lot of the blame, I guess, for the for the way the defense defense played. Um, but yeah, it's it's those moments where if you don't get the onside kick, uh, send your defense out there um, to put out the fire, and that obviously didn't happen. So it's just performing when when you need to perform, and 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 that doesn't come from talking; that comes from doing. So. And one more point uh, on what you said, Greg, of they need to sort of stand tall, mm-hmm. right? Um, in one of those moments, like stopping them on third and ten. It was interesting because I was messaging you guys during the game after the uh, Isaiah Garcia Castaneda fumble. Um, Nebraska stood tall. They forced the punt right after that. Yep. So the, the scoring opportunity was squandered, and that was a momentous uh, turning point in the game. I think mm-hmm. that, along with the onside kick and then Casey Thompson's first interception, um, those were the three biggest momentum um, turning plays in the game. But after that fumble, they stood tall, forced the punt, and I was and I asked you guys, I'm like, is this would uh, Nebraska's defense would they have folded last year in that moment, or would they have stood their ground? And you guys were like, no, uh, the defense usually. What, that was similar to what they would yeah. do last year. So yeah, it's like well. they had some of those moments in yep. that game, yeah. just I guess not enough of them. Um, so I'm not sure if on Saturday against North Dakota, uh, FCS opponent, if we're really going to see be able to take away much from mm-hmm. um, 
the actual X's and O's standpoint. Yep. Um, unless, like I said, unless it's not unless it's not a blowout. Uh, unless so we get to that situation where you get those groans in the stadium. So what everybody was is. thinking last year against Buffalo and Buffalo, there was a little bit of like groans. It's like, come on, let's let's put it on these guys, and it didn't happen. And I think it was twenty-eight to three. Um, obviously, you know, with North Dakota coming in here, you want to see a really clean game from the offense. You want to see a running Another game. One, no penalties. The Absolutely. People kept saying, yeah. I felt like he was sneaky. He was really, he was really right? proud of the no yeah, penalties like on the I, offense. I think we need, we got to mention it because he mentioned Which it. Which was <laughs> good. Yeah, it is impressive, obviously. <laughs> it was like during the game, yes. like, I can't remember what, at what point, but I did notice no, uh, I think it was one or none mm-hmm. uh, penalties from, from Nebraska. I'm like, yeah, wow, yep. all right. Well, I, I feel like I... <laughs> felt like they had at least a couple but yeah uh, but yeah um, going back to the North Dakota game obviously I think we w- we all want to see a really clean game from the offense some running some running attack um, have that offensive line just get some confidence and move North Dakota's defensive line whatever the fighting Hawks have uh, coming on the defensive front let's 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 be like okay we are the power five offensive line they are the FCS defensive line let's move them back and, and get some yards so I'm really to see I'm really interested to see if that's going to happen and along with just a bounce back performance from the defense um, North Dakota brings back some returning guys on offense um, uh, 18 game it will be 19 game starter at quarterback um, a, a really good FCS transfer running back from northern Iowa who's going to be getting a lot of carries I think two of the top returning receivers coming back. So, you know, Northwest, uh, North, North Dakota's got some, got some guys coming back, but obviously, you know, you want to see a power five defense shut these guys down and, and win big, like big time. I think that's going to put a smile on a lot of people's faces if they do that. Yeah, and a little uh, inside baseball behind the scenes here, if you want to know how Steve Mark works, I, I, he was telling me, <laughs> we were talking about the North Dakota and uh, Georgia Southern game previews. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you don't have to go all out and be as extensive as the Northwestern or, or any, like the Oklahoma or anything like that. He was like, no, no, I actually really want, uh, excited to write about North Dakota because of, they gave like three different bullet points of like guys he wanted to write about or yeah. like, storylines. I'm like, all right, man, you go for go it. For you it. you know your Go, go check yeah. those previews yeah. out, man. If yeah. you're yeah. having the Nebraska <laughs> yeah. North Dakota. Yeah. North Dakota's got uh, six foot five, 210 pound receiver Garrett Garrett Mag, I'm really excited to watch him. But anyway, yeah, let's let's <laughs> let's move on from the North Dakota talk, all right? Steve video on North Dakota. Yes, yes, we don't need that right now. <laughs> he would love that though. He would, yes, he would, he would be all that. Yeah. He yes. talk about. Yes. North you look happy right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> they just have smiled all day. All right. Yeah. I was gonna yeah. say if he could talk about a three-four defense and the <laughs> run pass yeah. option against the Fighting Hawks defense, he would, yes. he would break it down for for sure an hour if he could. But, yes. Um, Again, it is the first test since mm-hmm. uh, since the loss and her first game, uh, even if it is against an FCS opponent. Um, Greg, I mean, when we were l- watching the defense on Saturday, just tackle miscues, different. I think it might, maybe it was angles was the uh, was the issue, right. per, uh, bad pursuit angles. But mm-hmm. in general, that's obviously going to have to. Uh, to improve substantially yeah. on Saturday and going forward, right? Yeah, it absolutely does. And that is some, the thing that really like caught my eye this week, and it's all the way back on Monday, or caught my attention, was Quentin Newsom mentioning the fact that they did not really tackle much, if, if at all, um, during fall camp, and that it was on purpose because the coaches wanted to keep guys' bodies fresh. Um, and I think that where that most showed up in the game is exactly what you said about the angles, right? Because if you're tagging off all the time in practice, you're just naturally not used to going the full speed and going all the way through and tackling a ball carrier. And I think that 
tackling in the first game of a season is always a little bit of a work in progress, right? I think mean, anybody who watches football knows that. But what you saw from Nebraska, I think, was a different level of that. And so on one hand, I think that you can be encouraged that as the team gets more reps and gets more experience together and gets more live tackles, they should get better at it. But then you're a little bit discouraged because now it feels like Nebraska is already playing from behind as it, as it relates to being able to catch up with game speed and tempo as, you know, you've got a couple of, I guess, lesser opponents in the next two weeks, but then it's time to go, right? And so will you be able to make that next adjustment by the time that Oklahoma comes to town? Um, that whole subplot and then, you know, the whole toughness thing, and I hate going there, mm -hmm. but... The, that's part of it, right? And that if you want to have a tough football team, it, you can't, like we've been talking about, you can't just talk about it. You have to practice it so it shows up in games. So I'm just fascinated by that whole situation about how they go about practice. And Eric Shenander talked about that very problem. It's like, you know, we, we want to work on tackling, but the best way to do that is maybe go against the number, number one offense, mm -hmm. those skill guys. But, you know, I think he said, you know, we'd all feel terrible if Trey Palmer got tackled and didn't get up or Casey Casey Thompson got tackled and didn't get up so there's always that fine that balance that you need to look for but you know other programs across the nation do it but um, can I also say something about that though and yeah. this is like it's harsh but it's not it's a deal or do or die situation Scott Frost <laughs> yeah. I think the That's last point. how many consecutive press conferences now that we're coaching for jobs we understand what's at stake you can't save people you can't like and it is and no one wants to see anyone gets hurt get hurt but you can't it, you just can't be like that if you want to have different results mm -hmm. and try to overcome some of the things that have plagued you in the past on the field um, that reared its ugly head again in, in Ireland against Northwestern no fear of failure you got to do it. <laughs> Culture. Yeah, Where have we heard that before? Well, how many different buzzwords do we hear? Yeah, yeah, we've got three there. Yeah, I was going to say buy-in. Buy-in's a good buy-in. Buy yeah. uh, I mean, uh, back to that point, who was – when we were at uh, the first um, open practice, I can't remember who it was. A receiver got hurt because someone threw him to the ground or – uh, tight end. Uh, Omar Manning threw Chancellor Brewington to the yes, ground. That's what it was, and yeah. Mickey Joseph went up to Omar. It's like, Omar, you can't be doing that. <laughs> yeah, and in part, though, too, in fairness to Mickey, though, that <laughs> drill, it was just a little drill. It wasn't supposed to be all that. Like, Omar went a little like 11 high on speed there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which we should see him this weekend. According yep. to Frost, he mentioned today that Omar mm -hmm. Manning did practice all week. Um, so maybe we'll see him this week after not seeing him last week in Ireland. That's a perfect segue because I wanted to mention that of Omar. Um, he, he's been light on, uh, Scott Frost has been on, um, concrete updates. Details. Omar, yeah, exactly. Uh, also did say Travis Vokalek is day-to-day, -day, mm -hmm. and I asked, will he play on Saturday? And he said, I can't remember his exact phrase, but he didn't <laughs> He's making the strides, he's day-to-day, yeah. -day, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He just repeated so, himself, so. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see, um, maybe a game time decision, or maybe, uh, Hold him out for this game. Who knows? I mean, yeah, yeah. it's an ankle injury. Those well, at least something we'll be we'll have our eye on pregame down on the field when we see those guys down there. And that'll be an interesting uh, kind of situation if if Travis doesn't go. You're looking at maybe I know Nate Borkacher was out there and yeah. a lot of two tight end sets. Key moments. Last yeah, week. for sure. Uh, Chancellor Brewington is a little bit of undersized tight end, but he's number uh, number three in the depth chart right now. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see who if Travis does not play. Who gets the bulk of the reps? You know, because we, we know Nate Borkacher, a walk-on from from Aurora. He's I think he's a talented guy. He's a, 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 a receiving tight end, but he had one go through his hands um, against he Northwestern. Reps. He needs right, to right, play he needs absolutely. Which yeah. in, on the the glass half full side, if Okalek doesn't go, 
getting Nate out there for an entire game would probably really for help sure. him in the long run. Yes. It's just incredible the difference between Vogelak and uh, the other tight ends being on the field. I mean, yep. that was my first Nebraska game uh, covering it, and Vogelak had been talking. The hype was that he had been improving as a pass catcher yes. all offseason yeah. after being mm-hmm. a very good run blocker, and then boom, five targets, five <laughs> He looked really like good. He looked and really two good. Of, two of the most impressive throws that Casey Thompson had in the game were to Vogelak yep. on mm-hmm. uh, that. I think it's like a 15-yard gain or so across. Right the over the field. linebacker's hand. That too. Yes. Yeah, that was that was incredible. Not wasn't like incredible. It was like, yeah, your quarterback's supposed to do that. Yeah, yep. level. Make the routine yep. But it's still it's still simple. impressive. Yeah. Um, and then the uh, the first improvisational play, yep. where the snap almost went over his head. Casey mm-hmm. Thompson tapped it, did a little like uh, 180 pirouette, and found <laughs> uh, rolled out and found Volkolek. So I think it's it's going to become pretty obvious. I think this season that Volkolek, he's looked at. Number 11 is looking for 83 and number three yes. um, as his top two targets. Cause I think Trey Palmer had like 13 targets or something yep. like that. Early yep. enough, dude. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as uh, as far as Vocalette goes and the rest of the team, they released uh, the two deep uh, depth chart for for this week. The first official release of the depth chart. Did you guys? Is there anything that you guys took away, like one or two um, noteworthy things about about that release? Uh, all the ors at running back. I yeah. Think yeah. Where the there is no number one running back, and I think we'll still continue to see kind of the work in progress. Though I like a lot of what we saw from Anthony Grant um, in Week Zero out in Ireland. I think that he's going to have to continue to battle for that because I, I I feel safe saying that we'll see more of Gabe Irvin Jr. and Ramir Johnson in the backfield this week. And Brian Applewhite um, went on the radio last night and talked about his room's performance against Northwestern, and he was asked about um, Ramir Johnson and Gabe Irvin Jr. He said, yeah, we're going to see him. Um, it's just they, the, offensive, the offensive staff apparently has just certain situations and certain packages where they want to use Rumir Johnson as, as sort of that new wide back role. Apparently they didn't come up. Those situations did not come up in the game, and, and he, wasn't used, he wasn't used out there. He was more of a special teams only player. Um, with Gabe Irvin Jr., I don't know the situation there. He was just the, the, everybody was singing his praises in, in spring or the fall camp. He didn't p- compete in the spring, but um, just to not see him out there, very, very odd. But apparently he'll um, get, get, some, get some reps up here um, coming against the FCS opponent and then Georgia, Georgia Southern um, in a couple weeks. So um, really kind of interested, interesting to see the, how the running back room play out. But I'm with you. Anthony Grant showed really good stuff. His best runs were yes. all where he made someone miss, right? And or some of the, the sneaky the best play was that first one or yeah. third and two on the very first drive. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us here at Inside Nebraska. Um, we encourage you to subscribe to the site, nebraska.rivals.com and the Inside Nebraska YouTube channel. Uh, we'll be all over the game with game coverage on Saturday and Greg will be all over their big, another big recruiting weekend for Nebraska <laughs> is, uh, as an influx of targets are, are coming into Lincoln. So uh, keep it right here and keep it on nebraska.rivals.com and we will see you guys soon.